This episode is our DevCon 4 recap, day one. And I'm your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D. Host number three, Corey. So, uh, it's actually like DevCon day two, but it's day one. That's true. Yeah. Wasn't it day zero? Well, you yeah. don't start with one. It's the second day, but yeah. it's called day one, because they had the, the kickoff stuff today. And yesterday was like registration, which was significantly better than last year. Which is surprising because it was less space physically than last year. What? Like to register. Was it? Like, yeah, I felt like last year it was no. in a big tunnel canopy area. But it was like no, it was, it was like six booths and just really, really, really long lines. Yeah. This one was just more boot more booths. Well they gave it they gave it like a longer time period so people didn't feel pressured to do it in like a thirty minute time span. Because you weren't gonna miss anything really. Oh, that's what they did different. Yeah, like day, less that's why it's day space. zero. Day zero is like everyone just get registered. There's not a lot of content today. Uh, Take your time. I was, I was talking about like in the act, the area like you're standing where you're standing yeah. in line. I felt like that was smaller, but they had more. It was longer. So, anyways, yeah. So that wasn't. So kudos to the people that planned it. It was easier to register this year. It literally took me like ten seconds, and I was registered, ready to go. Some people said, like, I guess if you went early and tried to get in, there was like a for like. There was a there was a rush. It took people like thirty minutes standing in line. Some people, but when I came at know, twelve thirty or one or two or I forgot when I came. Mm-hmm. It was I, there was no one in line. I just walked up, got my card, went inside. Yep. Gave you a free like public transportation pass for the week. That's right. So that was kind of cool, but that'll probably be like a one-time thing for Prague. So, anyways. Anything happened today at DevCon, I was, I was super excited about. Um, I don't know if I was excited about. They changed it from, so I guess it was Serenity, and then it went to F2.0. Is it ETH or F? I say F. Does it matter? F? F2.0, and now it's back to Serenity. So that was a, from, from uh, Vitalik's opening talk on what they've been up to, trying to go to Proof of Stake. They even called it Shasper for a while. It was a combination of sharding and Casper. But he said he didn't like. He said it was incredibly lame. Which is. Yeah. So you know it's lame. No, it's got to be lame. So he gave like an overview. Is that the Vitalik intro speech? Intro piece was an overview of what's coming for for Serenity, previously known as Shasper slash F2.0. If you want a detailed view of that, like we covered. The majority of what he said on the hashing out episode with with Danny Ryan, or if you want like a 
more high level but still somewhat indigestible explanation. You can listen to Vitalik today. Danny Ryan sounds like a dude that would have hung out with Biff in Back to the Future. What? It's just such a name, Danny Ryan. Why? Is it, is, it, is, like it the two, like is it the two first names two thing? Names, I think it's yeah. the two first names. It sounds like he wears like a Letterman's jacket and he would hang out with Biff and Biff would be like, we're going to go fuck those guys up. And he would be like, all right, Biff. I don't know. It's just... just that's your That's your mental image of every time i hear danny ryan that's what i think of i'm like oh that's the guy that was hanging out with biff in the, in the passenger seat so i was like anyways um yeah so this year there's yeah. over i think it's 300 and over 330 participants like people at the event you mean talking Sorry, there's like 3300 people here i thought here there were more event. last year no no last year there was like over, a little over a thousand, right? Maybe a thousand. Yeah. Now there's three thousand. Yeah. Yeah, that auditorium was piggity packed, but it was nice though. Seats were plush. It was better than a movie theater. Um, yeah, but like, you, people, did yeah. you go to the prison room yesterday? I never zero? go to anywhere called a prison room. Prism. Oh no! <laughs> I would, sorry, I would never. I didn't go to the prison. prison it was. Room. It was. Hot as balls. Like, Oof. it. It feels like some of the rooms, like the off the side rooms. Um, the air conditioning cannot keep up with the amount of hot bodies in those rooms. Mm. And it just progressively gets sweaty and stinky. And then the the DevCon odor comes back. The DevCon odor comes the back. De- <laughs> the DevCon odor rears its face again. Mm. Yeah. That's one of the only things I remember from last year's DevCon was just... Developers. Yeah. Not, uh, it's just a... In a room. Just a hot shower. Definitely an odor there. <laughs> um... Did you already give what a talk today? Yeah, right. so they're, they're, they're releasing Embark 4. You guys didn't touch on that, uh, on hatching it out? This was like new stuff. Uh, so we talked right when they released 3.2, which had a lot of, a lot of new functionality, but they've been um, covertly developing a much more feature-rich uh, Embark 4. It's going to have a lot of stuff, which will be, which status will be pushing out to all mm-hmm. the people and all the developers trying to pipeline smart contracts and decentralized applications and stuff. I didn't watch his. I didn't watch his though, because I was watching a lot of the stuff that I don't know about. Like uh, yesterday, Universal Logins from Alex Van Descent was awesome. I called it the fa- connect with Facebook button for Ether, and people didn't like that. Very no, much. why not? Because Facebook is. Oh. Centralized. Yeah, but then it was like we need to make we need to make Facebook 2.0. You can show your yeah. data. It's what it's it's. He simplifies what they did. That's what they. They don't that's, like when I do that. You know, well, you have to. I mean, that's kind of that's what Alex is doing with with universal logins. It's it's forcing people to actually forcing to. It's it's nap, making people naturally use multi-factor authentication in a way that's really easy to do. Hmm. So like you just have one, you have multiple devices that access whatever accounts you log in with that account, mm-hmm. and then you if you can then set up like applications that say, oh well, you can't log in until you authenticate on two of your available devices, mm-hmm. right? Or if if you need more if you need more security, you can just increase that number or decrease that number depending on what you're logging into, and so that contract becomes like what you authorize to log into things. Mm. You can do all kinds of really cool stuff with it, and it's gonna, but doesn't, it's also like really, really, really easy to use. You just start with the username. Doesn't matter what the device is. I mean, there's like, various devices, right? Could you theoretically like if you needed two devices, right? But 
say you're on your you're not always at your laptop and have your phone could one of your devices be like your smartwatch or something so like, eventually yeah probably that'd be pretty cool because I, I remember there was a feature with anything that can store private keys that'd be cool there's a feature with like your apple watch where if you have your apple watch if near your phone then you don't have to put in the passcode to your phone so you can log in with your face or you can just you have your you know your phone and it's not just private keys either like you can generate you can generate like say say like you've somehow or another lost all of your devices that you had authorized to, to use this right <laughs> there are offline ways in which you can recover things like uh, using like uh, human readable but not like memorizable um, codes so like you just print those put them in a safe location and it's not really a private key but it's a code that gives you that gives you authorization back into your account Hmm. That's cool. I can see that being cool. Universal logins would help dramatically, especially with all these steps. And, and the, the, there's no mention of ether, private keys, obscure codes, nothing, nothing. And it can be gamified. So user adoption. That's that's a user adoption play. Huge. We want people oh, using no. this it's, stuff. It's not just user adoption. It's not just like making it easier for people to use this stuff. It's also like an incredible security feature. Because you're using multi-factor authentication to log into things and not just putting all of your security with a given login account either in someone else's hands like Facebook with Facebook Connect mm -hmm. or just in a single account that then has a tremendous amount of risk associated with it if you lose it. Okay. Yeah. There's a poltergeist. That's our bathroom. In this part. Oh, and I heard the noises. Like the heater just like, our heater will just make a loud clank in the middle of the night often... It's kind of like there's a ghost in here. There's a my the dude. I'm not actually. I'm convinced that there is a robot living in the floor above my my Airbnb <laughs> that just turns the TV on at like two o'clock in the morning and leaves it on till nine o'clock in the morning to try and convince things people that someone lives there. You don't hear anything else, but the TV only at night, and it's loud <laughs> enough that if I understood how to speak Czech, I would. I would be watching the show basically, <laughs> and the channel doesn't change. They're just they're binge watching something every night. Yeah, and it's not like there's not like a regular TV channel. It's just people like talking. It's like it's more like a news station. Yeah, but really boring and slow. Do we talk about how Prague in general? Should we talk about Prague? Yeah, let's talk about Prague. I Do haven't even seen Prague. Come back to it. <laughs> We've had a film. Yeah, yeah. I'm all Prague'd out. I'll tell you the truth because we've actually been here. For the status hackathon that we will tell you guys about soon, uh, we will release some podcasts there. If you were watching any of the live streams that we had going, um, then thank you. If you weren't, then don't worry about it. But um, via live peer, shout out to live peer. But um, yeah, Prague is a city. It's very beautiful. Like it's very. Where people drive with murderous intent. Yeah, like if you don't look both ways before you cross the street, you will die. That that will be the end of you. Yet there are um, you know freely available scooters everywhere to ride around and fall into the street and die. Yep, freely available scooters that can't be comfortable riding on the cobblestone roads. So there's that. Um, people are not uh, rude but complacent to. No, like the upper limit is not rude. The lower limit is flat out rude. I haven't got any so, of that. Granted, gotten, I haven't seen Prague. Like, I haven't, I haven't left. You've got niceness and generosity. I haven't done. I haven't done anything in Prague oh. other than go to dinner with y'all at night. When we left dinner, 
right when we left dinner last night, someone recognized us from the podcast and said they listened to us. What? So that's almost like celebrity status, almost. If you get recognized on the street. I think celebrity status is like... Like, on the street, when we left dinner. Right when, when we, we left, left dinner, yeah. You know how we went this way and you went that way? Yeah. We got maybe 100 feet, and then someone was like, oh, Bitcoin podcast, Ethereum, yes. Yeah. What? Yeah. Hold up. I got his card right, right here. Right, right here on the floor. Right here. It's on the floor. That's good. Wow. Yeah. I value. You, you did not value his card. I guess you were like, throw that shit on the floor. Wow. It's literally on the floor next to my car. <laughs> Matthew Wilhelm. Shout out to Matthew Wilhelm. Thank you, man. Weapon of mass construction. Yep. Well played. Um, so that was kind of cool. Yeah. I think more celebrity statuses were Jared from Statuses right now. I tried to say hi to him, and he did one of those, like, Lady Gaga put his hand over his face and kept on walking, and I was like, been on my show twice, man. Damn, okay. I think but, uh, he, like I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot of people in the space that got to a position of moderate power that aren't sociable people. Like they're not. That's, that's not why they're there. Whereas I think a lot of traditional companies, the people who are in the position of power, like that position. People. They're sociable people. They're yeah. charismatic. They want like. No, you're wrong. Like when you talk to them, they're really great people. But they're not the most. They're not. They're not there to just be. Incredibly, incredibly extroverted and, and like I want to meet everybody and talk to them especially in places where mm-hmm. everyone knows where they are and they know or know they, they don't know nearly as many people it's like you know that, that asymmetry of like people knowing people mm-hmm. it's it's a burden yeah I'd say I am noticing a trend too the more uh, prominent you are in the space the faster you move physically like I saw Eric Voorhees today like a fucking flash like he just like he walked by so fast and I was like damn there goes Voorhees I was gonna say hi to him but I can't cause he's walking at the speed of sound and then Jared was the same just walking so fast Lubin crossed by us so fast you didn't know it was Lubin I was like oh there went Joe and you were like that wasn't Joe I was like, yeah that was that was Joe Lubin well see that's like, my piece with Vitalik like they know that if they stand still for a second they're gonna get barraged by people and they're gonna want selfies Vitalik will have an open discussion in the middle of a lobby and they'll be like no no don't wanna talk to you now, that's not how you do it. You've got to be elusive like that. Or you've yeah. got to get barraged by Yeah, people. just be elusive. Be a little elusive, Vitalik. And, um, that's it. Oh, the second talk with John Starks from a company called L4. Do you know what L4 is? I've heard of him. They, uh, well, he did a talk about Layer 2. And I guess it was kind of a beginner's talk because he, he said everything I've heard before about Layer 2 scaling. But um, I feel like this is something I was bringing up with. Uh, Lucian from Dose of Ether that the semantics what he's, he used a phrase that was so specific like when people are just using some, so many different words for things it becomes like a semantic nightmare and that's what I feel like I, I started to feel on the layer 2 talk because he was saying like instead of an Ether instead, like on, on the Lightning Network they use commitment transactions they're calling them but on Ether we were calling them anchor transactions you actually anchor to Ether, and then you do all of your other stuff on a side chain, however many transactions you want to do. Um, and then, like, Lightning Network will call the transactions between two people that are in an open uh, channel, or whatever you want to call it, yeah. something different than they call it in the Ether world. And I'm like, you're all doing the exact same thing. Like, why not just have one giant project where we all do the same, where all efforts, our energy put towards toward a same end goal i mean that's it's i like, think i don't know people want to want there's i think there's a multiple things to this one people want to use the language they think is more appropriate because it's still new 
like the coding lint, like the, no, 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 like it's like the the, the, the words we use, the semantics oh, okay. to, to to illustrate what's going on. They may think that you know, like commitment transactions or anchor transactions are better than commitment transactions, as, as a to give people an intuition. Like I think the word wallet is a terrible word, but we all come together on that word, and everyone knows what it means. Yeah, I would rather use something like keychain, but that may be too difficult to do now. And also, like, there's this, I don't want to call it infighting, but, like, people don't want to use the other words that people use because it's on a different project. And that's that's stupid, in my opinion. Yeah. What if you did both? What do you call a key wallet? It's a wallet where you put your keys. No, because it's, it's not a wallet. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's not where you store money. You don't put money in it. Keel it. <laughs> what do you call it? Keel it. You put key with... L-L-E-T. That's a new one. Yourself, yeah. That's a new word. A keylet. That could be something totally new. Anyway. I, I, yeah. There's a... Wall's kind of the... I don't know. Is it? I mean, you put your money it's in. It's a key ring. People think they're putting it's their a, money in. It's a key in. ring. They're not putting their money in. That's, yeah. It gives the wrong intuition of what you're doing. You're, you're holding keys that access funds that are on a public resource. And then you got to jump the leap of like, oh, I have a different wallet for every different token. Well, that's I where am. universal logins come in or and like, or like, you know, there's, yeah. di- there's, I think we're on the cusp of a way of redefining how people do key management, mm-hmm. which is the, like the very basic interface to accessing this entire world is like, how do you hold and use keys? Mm-hmm. And all of the ways we've come up so far kind of suck in terms of like security risks and usability. We're, we're, I think we're on the cusp of changing how that works with like things that I've seen going on. Universal logins being one of them yeah. where you can safely abstract away all that information from someone actually just using an app, using an app and thinking about, Oh, do I need ether? What am I approving? What am I rejecting? And a lot of the talks at DEF CON have been for, there's a whole UX and design track yeah. devoted to this. Yeah. I wish I could see that one. There's, um, so last year, do you think we're any closer to adoption this year than we were last year? Yeah. How so? I don't know if we are. I feel like we're still putting together the pieces of infrastructure and people have no business messing with this stuff unless they're going to invest in it, which, you know, go for it, but do your own diligence or they're working in it. But using it as an everyday thing, if we're closer to that, it, it can't be close. It's got to be a millimeter, centimeter. I don't think these type of conferences measure mass adoption. I, right now, simultaneously, the World CryptoCon is happening in Vegas. That's where you measure mass adoption, not here. Mm. Infrastructure is always going to be a constant wheel in motion. Whether, whether products are pushed out or not, there's always going to be a 2.0 and a 3.0 and... 3.0.0. Yeah, but like the, the narrative, like the fact that we have a UX track mm-hmm. pushes us, I, I think inherently means we're closer to adoption because the conversation has gone from, oh, we don't need UX. We don't care about that stuff. We just, we're just building tech. We're just building tech because it needs to be built too. Our users are losing a tremendous amount of funds due to ignorance. We should start thinking about how they're interfacing with what we're building or what we've built. Yeah. Like we've, that has happened. Like the ICO boom basically made that happen where everyone's like, everything we built is clunky and sucks. Let's start thinking about how to not make that a thing. Mm-hmm. And the fact that like that, an entire one of the like five or six tracks 
of DevCon is devoted solely to how is the person interacting with what we're building and how do we make it better? And like the, the, the naive person and how do we make that better means that we're closer because it's a, it's a problem we're addressing means that it's, it, it was a problem means we fucked up and there are normal people using this stuff. <laughs> when you say that, it makes me think of that South Park episode where it's like, oh, we're sorry. <laughs> we're sorry. <laughs> well, okay, so we're a little bit closer to mass adoption, even but though it's we can't little, here. It's still little. It's still, still a long way to go. I don't even know, know how people go into a situation where like, ah, we're not worried about how people are going to use this. We're well, it's, it was one of those things where like it was so inaccessible that we didn't care. Like it was like we we get a long ways to go before I care before we start caring about that. And it was the naive view of mm-hmm. of like the engineers and developers who are building this stuff. It's like they care about building a bike and they don't care about people learning how to ride it yet or sitting on it. Yeah, like they're getting the pods <laughs> and the chains. Yeah, it, it just has a the most uncomfortable yeah. seat of all time, but it works. Yeah, like it goes pedals, forward really fast. Forward. Yeah, it's like yeah, changed transportation so hardcore, but nobody can even use it. Yeah, but. It doesn't even have a seat. <laughs> That's a good point. I like that. So I know one thing. I've heard this like I read it this morning and I heard somebody talking about it. I'm excited. It's called the RICO refundable ICO. Oh yeah, that's actually I think it's Fabian Vogestaller, which is the crew. Like you now they call him like the Godfather of the ICO because he 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 initially drafted and submitted the EIP that was ERC20. Mm. So he's working on a new ERC or EIP. That can, EIP has become ERC? Correct. That's how that ERC is a type of ERP. EIP. Okay. Well, so ICO is going to get a nice little evolution. Hopefully, if people, a refundable ICO would be very nice because projects like Tron would go where they belong and people could take their money back. Here's the thing, though. If it's an EIP, right? So say it's a, it's a smart contract, and doesn't isn't that mean it just works for all of Ether? So like people could send somebody money and then just take it back if they wanted to, or it's only if, if they it go through a contract like contract. that, a type of contract. Okay, that'd be dangerous though. Cause how how would they know if it had the type of contract? Oh, there's there's if they didn't go read the code, you know what I mean? Like what if you're just you're using a wallet service you don't know and somebody put that sneaky contract in there that they could just refund money. Well, if someone sends want. money to your account, then it's in your account. And then they could just refund No, that doesn't work. People can't send money to your account. They send money to a contract. To the contract. And then, then they can refund it from the contract. People, if, if, if someone sends you money to your Ethereum account, it's in your Ethereum account. Can't, take, can't come back. Mm-hmm. Because your Ethereum account does not have all of the things associated with a smart contract that enables that retractable functionality. Mm. I'm looking forward to anything. Anybody that does do that, though. I mean, Giveth has the stuff like that with the with the, the delegate the delegates in terms of like, I will I'm going to put money in this pool of mm-hmm. funds that can then get allocated to various projects, and I'm going to delegate this person to figure out what type of projects that's going to, and when he does. I get a notification that says your delegate is going to send the money you put into this thing. And I can say, no, nah, I don't want to do that. I'm going to take my money back. And you can actually retract your money back into your own wallet. Into your own wallet. And so like it's a pledge in a pool of money. And then the delegate can then pull from that pool, that pool, pull, pull from that pool of money to allocate towards, towards some charity. 
Okay. And then you get to sign off and say, yep, that's cool. Nobody's using that contract. Not a lot, a lot of people, people are. are. They're becoming more popular. I think Status will be using them um, very soon for for how we fund anything that gets done in Status. Well, how was the lunch at DevCon? Better than last year? I didn't eat. Phenomenally better. I didn't eat better. I, didn't I had like a little bit. I had a piece of fish and I had, uh, they had the same potatoes that they serve around here. The Pragian potatoes. Is that the word? Pragian? Pragu? What do you call people that are from Prague? Pragans? Pragites? Yeah. Pragans? Progolodites? 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 Progolodites. Czech Republicans? I think there's a range. Some of those motherfuckers are proglodytes, though. They we saw a drunk guy when we were coming back. Dude just pissed on the floor. Yeah, oh, really? yeah, we saw a guy yeah. who like in the middle of the square was in the, just the middle. Yep, just took a whiz. And then there was a guy we were coming back into our Airbnb here who was doing the electric slide by himself. Or actually, it was more like the Michael Jackson Thriller dance, but he was drunk, he was so, so he drunk. was just going. He was literally going from the curb to the buildings to the curb. <laughs> oh man. I was like, oh, we, man. Um, and then everybody wears heavy jackets when they shouldn't. 60 degrees out, heavy jackets. Everybody. Yeah. I don't know. So, weird place. Good what place. did you uh, What did you think about DevCon this year, Cello, so far? Same as last year. Same as last year. A lot year. of stuff that goes over my head. <laughs> Same as every year. Yeah. Uh, but it's I will say this. Vitalik is getting better at public speaking. He's getting better. He's getting a lot better. He does it a lot. Think about think about that, right? He goes. He basically just travels around the world now speaking. Mm-hmm. If you do something that much, you're just going to speaking and research too. Me research is when he's not speaking, basically. Yeah. I've okay. never seen someone who walks with their elbows pinned to their sides, though. That's very... <laughs> that's, he that's does. Very... That's a good. That's a good <laughs> thing to pin, like yeah. how he's walking. I he... think it's because he sweats a lot and he doesn't want anyone to notice. Nah. So he's, just... yeah. he's got a good T Rex swagger going to him. He's got those elbows. I'm gonna watch for that. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I guess I'm good. I I um, wish I could be here for more DevCon, but we had to get back to te- old Tejas. Maybe the next maybe the next one will be you asking me about how DevCon. Uh, yeah, we're, we're gonna ask you. You know everything. So I'm a, I'm just sucking it all up from the good to bad, and we'll so we'll have two recaps. So for those of you listening, we'll have two recaps. This is the, this is the first recap. Uh, or me, Cello, and Corey were here. And the second one, Corey's staying to the end. So we're going to be able to give you two recaps like last year. And hopefully this is an annual trip for us. And uh, I can't. Unless it's I'm not going every Halloween, year. I can't go. I'm going every year. If it's like November 2nd through the 6th, I'll go. Otherwise, yeah. this is it for me. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Taylor on a good talk. Taylor, Taylor a good talk. She rocked the mic. Talking about... Unintentional consequences from bad design. What were some of the unintentional consequences besides the ultimate of people losing their money? Yeah, that's the majority of it. That's people, it. That's people, the only people, like, crypto guys. Bad design leads to people losing their money. Yeah, that's the the general broad. Then she had a lot of like you know like don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, do these 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 this and this. But it's the general idea is like this is crypto. You have a bad design. You implement something wrong or naively to try and like. It, it for, for good purposes. Like if you're saying I'm trying to make it easy for my user, but you do that incorrectly, it'll have broad sweeping consequences of all of your users losing their money. Mm. Unfortunately, that that needs to come from a creative director or an art director. 
for people in the industry to take notice. If a biz dev or a CEO starts talking about UI and UX, it'll, it'll fall on deaf ears, I think. Hmm. Unpopular opinion. Yeah, well, I think that's all I've got for, for today. Um, Layer 2 is coming. Sharding is coming. Shasper, as they call it. They changed it back to Serenity. So if you have a lot of Ether, be ready to stake some of it. I think it's going to be, what, 32? I think it's around 32. I forget the number at the time. 32 Ether, and you can stake it, and you can start making some residge. Maybe. It's a high-risk thing. So. What do you mean, maybe? I mean, like, when you when they start the beacon chain, mm-hmm. you can't do anything with it. There's not, not going to be anything you can do with it. Yeah. So, well, that's the point of staking, is you stake it, and that you're mining virtually, essentially. Yeah, that's really the idea. Like, the whole idea is like you're, you're validating transactions, but when they start the beacon chain, there won't even be transactions. It's just to make sure that the beacon chain works appropriately. Mm. So you're basically just... You're just putting it away. You're just being it's a basically a, it's, it's a It's a big bet with a nice payoff if it works. Until time goes on and it works, and we start adding the functionality with the different shards and the state execution and all that all that other stuff that goes on with, with Serenity. It's, it's done in four... Let's see, well, if you don't watch the talk, if you're going to watch the talk, it's done in four phases. Phase one is beacon chain. Phase two is like shards and state execution. So it's done in multiple stages. Mm. Stage one is just that. Then you can start migrating your Ethereum from the legacy Ethereum chain to the new beacon chain, which means it goes away. It's completely burned. I think that's how it works. It's either locked away forever or completely burned on the legacy chain. And then it recreates itself on the beacon chain. Mm-hmm. That's a process. That's a one-way function. Sound not delicate. It sounds fragile as hell. Because of that, I'm not sure that. I mean, it's it's hard to see the price going up until we have some confidence in that that working. Yeah. Yeah. Or they stop issuing all these damn there. That would make the price go up, man. Well, cut it down. But that's it. Um, you guys know the drill. Go to our stuff on the bitcoinpodcast.com or .network. Um, yeah. And that writer that hit us up on Twitter hit me up for Galati in the Slack. And uh, you can talk to me. Um, shout out to Zoe Saldana. Shout out to Zazie. I'll give your agent merchant okay. What's up? Give him the agent merchant. Oh, okay. yeah. Sign it Okay. <laughs> That requires some context. Does it? I feel, I feel like we should just <laughs> No, we'll give some context. I bought a bottle of liquor and I bought some sex dice. And I put them both on the counter at the same time. And the Asian clerk... Well, do we have to specify them being Asian? Yeah, you're using a terribly, almost borderline racist oh, accent. Anyways. Yeah, so it was a racist guy. It was not a racist guy. It was an Asian guy. And when I put those items down on the counter, he went, okay. And I was like, what the fuck? And that was fun for me. That was a fun shopping experience. Um, well, play the outro.